Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bitch, better have my money. Genesis 1-1. You know what? I love her. Y'all know. Y'all know Rihanna is one of the patron saints of this podcast. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. I'm just like awash in the glow of the Super Bowl halftime show. Did I watch the actual show? Not so much. Not so much. The TV was on, for sure. Um, Mostly mute but I did catch the last five minutes and it seemed very exciting it seemed like a you know a good ending an an exciting ending to hours long of that I wish I liked sports because it seems like you guys have a lot of fun I just don't I'm allergic I'm allergic but anyway um the halftime show what a dream what a treat what a what a what a moment of wonderment and I'm just double middle fingers to everybody who said oh she's really not giving uh, like she's not dancing or anything uh, f you guys f. f that's a big f to you but you know what what I love and this is kind of corny of me is like a, a collective moment like I loved every moment of that okay but I love when we're all just like in a moment and feeling something and we're all riding the same wave. So I just loved like glancing down at my timeline, looking up at the TV and realizing that all of us were having the same realization, which was like something like this, like, yeah, bitch better have my money. Yes. Get it. Girl. Loving this. What is, hmm? Is wait, what? She's, Huh. <laughs> so congratulations on your um surprise pregnancy, girl. Good for you, sis. <laughs> I love that. I love that like what a moment. What a Pisces queen. It's just like, you know what? Maybe I have a surprise. Um, I'm just gonna show up hella pregnant. <laughs> hella pregnant. And just like, um, you know, 
do a cute little two-step. I'm going to do a little shimmy. I'm going to stand up on this like platform and, and make you nervous a little bit. I'm going to powder my nose with my Fenty and uh, get some promo there. And uh, see you later. Bye. Thank you, lady in red. A little bit of fashion FYI for you or fashion, whatever. Um, I heard through the, I think through the state of Andre Leon Talley that her outfit that with the big red coat, something that he was famous for wearing, I think he wore it in a, maybe an UGG campaign that he did in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, but he is this gigantic red jacket that is like quintessentially Andre. If you're like a fan of his, that was like, or what she wore was an homage to him love that they had a great relationship um yeah Ugh, it kind of makes me emotional um so let's get into the tea we have so much to talk about so many shows i'm talking about three different shows today love is blind the premiere vanderpump rules real housewives of miami as usual um and so i'm trying to keep everything brief because I really don't want to keep you guys here for long who wants to listen to me uh you know for two hours not me not me. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to those of you who do. Uh, can't relate. And it's me. Okay. Um, but let's get into what is going on. We're going to start off positive. Keep it moving. You know, with, we started off with Brianna. Let's keep it on the positive before we move into the mess and negativity. Um, can I get a hell yeah? This week is going to none other than my good sis, former sister wife, Christine Brown, for her announcement that she has a boo. Okay. It's cuffing season. She found herself a big boy. And she went on Instagram stories to say, hey, y'all, I just had to tell you I'm dating somebody exclusively. He's wonderful and he's romantic and he's so kind. and He's everything I've been looking for. I'm very happy for Christine. I really hope that this is a good fit. Um, I mean, she just said about a month ago that she was very single, so it stands to reason that this is a very early stages of a relationship, and she just got out of a relationship that I would not wish on my worst enemy, <laughs> so it might be that she's just very excited that anybody is better than that, uh, you know, that little shit saying that she was married to, um, Y'all found out who she, who he was, which I actually kind of feel like a little bit protective of Christine over, um, because, you know, people can always talk about, oh, she's, you know, people are reality stars. They are public figures. We don't owe them privacy. But I think in this case, like, I feel like she tried to get ahead of the story and be like, hey guys, I'm in a relationship. I want to keep it private for now, but I will tell you, you know, in the near future. And so I feel like that's kind of like... She already gave us more than she really needed to. Like, she didn't need to announce that she was in a relationship. So I think, like, people really should have disrespected the fact that she said, I would like to keep this private for a little bit before I tell you guys about it. But y'all found him. Y'all found him. Um, apparently, I'm not going to say who he is, but apparently he's like a Disney guy, um, a Disney adult. He is in his 50s. He looks perfectly nice by the pictures that I've seen. I don't know. I'm happy for her. I And I hope it works out. With that being said, there's also been rumors since like uh, for a few months now that there might be a possible spinoff in the works between Christine and Janelle. But now they're saying that that has gone from the um, uh, discovery phase, shout out to Karen Huger, to like actually in development. Um, they're definitely working on it. It's they're not sure they're like shopping around to the networks. They don't know 
who they should work with. You know, the obvious choice would be, I think their company is, uh, their production company is Puddle Monkey or something like that. But, um, you know, it's kind of a conflict of interest if Sister Wives, you know, the show that Cody's on is also producing their show. Uh, it's supposed to be, you know, what you would expect it to be, life after that curly-headed bitch, um, and, you know, what they're doing, their business, their love life, what have you. Uh, And also their kids seem to be involved or wanting to be involved. So, you know, it seems like a cute idea. I think we kind of figured, like, this was inevitable. I know Christine said that she wasn't going to be leaving the show. She made a promise to Cody that she wasn't going to do that. Um, but I mean, if they could do that show and also get the spinoff, like do it girl. Cause that'll be a big F you to, uh, you know, block brows and a uh, curly girl method over there. And, and I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Um, okay. Let's move on to, Oh God, just another bit of good news. Ah! We did it. You guys. It seems like the first pillar from the summer of romantic chaos, and I'm talking uh, Ben and Jen, uh, Kravis, and MGK and Megan Fox, one pillar has fallen. God help us. We could not be more blessed. Um, Miss Megan Fox went over to Instagram, deleted all her pictures of uh, Mr. Machine Gun, Mr. Kelly, if you will. She also posted, like, a series of pictures of her, like, bathroom selfies with some random guy. I don't know who it was. Um, didn't seem to be a romantic partner. But uh, there, I think she was, like, kind of uh, subtweeting. Because in the bathroom, there was a poster on the wall that said something about, like, leaving a, a fucked up situation. Let me see exactly what it said. Okay, it's actually a poster about human trafficking um it says when you can't walk away and then you know this is backwards so let me try to read this it says uh basically like if you if you're controlled and you're um not able to leave you may be a victim of human trafficking um you know it seemed tactical to put the poster in the picture because she didn't need to it's not like the bathroom's so small that uh she couldn't have clipped that seems very interesting um she also posted lyrics from um pray you catch me from beyonce's lemonade as we all know um and the lyrics <laughs> were um oh my god you can taste the dishonesty it's all over your breath now here's where she got petty and i loved i loved it okay so mgk has had some sort of beef with eminem i will not get into white on white crime that's not my business um but she followed him on instagram also followed harry styles and timothy chalamet um so yeah it seems like things are over between them and you know i feel like all of us have been keeping an eye on the situation they tend to go to a lot of public events and show up together and especially last week at the grammys he just seemed very um off off kind of he was doing this very long and rambling red carpet interview with Laverne Cox about how he i guess in the car found out that he lost the grammy that he was up for nomination um and how it was so humbling and how it like really put things in perspective because he had been on his high horse about his album <laughs> okay but uh that that really like was like a humbling experience that he really needed i'm 
it sounds not so bad in the way that I'm describing it, but you have to watch the video because he just seems very, like, off. And I know he did that interview with Drew Barrymore where he also seems to have, like, anxiety and mental health issues. Uh, Sure. But with that being said, it also, I think we also, who had been kind of paying attention to this, seemed like Megan was... um, staying in a situation that she did not want to be in. Did not seem like she really liked him that much. Did not seem like uh, she was very happy. Um, There are times where she seems pretty actively annoyed by him, uh, unmistakably. Um, So I'm happy for her. I'm really, really happy for her. I I posted about it and then I... (laughs) And then I tagged her and Machine Gun Kelly in the Instagram post. And then I thought she blocked me. And I was like, bitch, I'm happy for you, girl. But turns out she actually just uh, deleted her social media. So uh, if you, you guys can't even look at this stuff. At the, well, I mean, the internet's forever, but you can't look at it on her page. Um, she also posted in her last slide on Instagram a video of an envelope on fire. Who knows what that said? So, um, you know, shout out to you, girl. I mean, this did not seem like a great relationship relationship um also man seemed pretty fucking corny so shout out to you oh also oh my god shout out to um a listener i uh your instagram is gab nation you pointed me in the right direction to uh and this is still currently on machine gun kelly's instagram he posted a bunch of slides about uh getting a couple of new cats but in one of the slides i think like the second to last there might be like seven of them one of the last ones clearly it's a video of the kittens but you can hear people fucking in the background like it sounds like machine gun kelly and megan are literally fucking but like all you can see is a video of the cat it's weird you just have to go look at it I, I think that carousel starts with a picture of two cats. Just scroll through until you find the videos and tell me what you think about that. That's, it's very odd. <laughs> All right, moving on. What, what did George Santos get exposed for this week? Uh, a couple things. So, uh, he was claiming to work for Goldman Sachs. We all know that was cap. Okay. Um, but it p- appears that during the time that he was claiming to have worked at Goldman Sachs, he was actually, I, I can't even believe that I get to say these things was making money stealing puppies from um, the Amish country in Pennsylvania and then selling them in New York through a fake rescue charity. What in the Cruella de Vil is going on? Like, how do you even come up with shit like this? It is perpetual, diabolical, weird. Weird might be the first Uh, adjective and to what end to what end like how do you continuously lie (laughs) like this it's so crazy so crazy i'm gonna read you the beginning of this article it's from the washington post uh entitled amish country farmers say george santo took puppies and left bad checks Okay, it's coming out of York County, Pennsylvania. It was after dark when George A. Santos approached a farmer in Pennsylvania's Amish country looking to buy at least eight puppies. He promised a wire transfer of more than $5,000, the farmer said, but it never appeared. He said Santos ended up writing a smaller check and driving off with four golden retrievers. Something inside me said I just cannot trust him, the farmer said, uh, speaking on condition of anonymity to protect his privacy. (laughs) 
No, that's not funny. The check bounced. The farmer, who has not previously spoken to media, said he called in the police after the encounter in 2017. It took nearly two years for the authorities to locate Santos back to his home in New York, but he was eventually charged with theft by deception, according to a brief mention in the Star, a newspaper in New York County. In May 2021, uh, the paper reported the case was dismissed at, under a provision of Pennsylvania law that allows misdemeanor charges to be dropped when a prosecutor consents and a, quote, satisfaction has been made to the aggrieved person (sighs) bitch what is going on i mean it's very clear that george is a highly motivated individual (laughs) he is uh he has gumption he has uh fortuitiveness uh he definitely thinks on his feet and he um you know it just seems like why is he using all these good traits that he has for evil (laughs) Like, this is treacherous behavior. Why would you even think, I'm going to steal? How do you even come to that train of thinking? Let me, let me, oh, uh, let me go over, kick it on down to Amish country and just steal and just use a regular car because they're not going to catch me in those uh, covered wagons, are they? <laughs> what the fuck are they going to do? <laughs> Poor things. Oh, my God. God help us. That's our girl of the week is George Santos. Okay, quick bit of information before we, uh, oh my God, today's Summer House, I'm so excited. Okay, um, we got some information that Carl has officially left Loverboy. Seems like the contention between Carl and Kyle and Carl's involvement in Loverboy is going to be quite the storyline this season. Um, girl, it's looking like, from what I've seen, Miss Hubhouse is going to be fighting and scrapping for her damn life this season, and I'm excited to see it. Listen, here's the thing. I like Lindsay. Like, solidly, I think she makes excellent television. She is a great reality star. Um, she is great in the way that, like, to me, she is equally... She's compelling and I root for her and I feel for her, but I also like, she's not perfect. And I think that's okay. There's Lindsay's like a rare kind of person where she's, she can do bad things or things that you might not agree with, but it doesn't necessarily make her a villain. And I think people are so quick to go to like, oh, if I don't like this person, then they're a villain. And I don't think, I think there's more to that with Lindsay. I really do. And that's why she makes such great TV. With that being said, um, I think, you know, her, it seems like there's going to be a lot of stuff with Danielle. It looked like from the preview, there's going to be maybe a little thing with Maya. Um, it seems like Lindsay's maybe uh, the sense that I'm getting, the vibe that I'm getting is that Lindsay's maybe uh, controlling uh, Carl a little bit more than uh, one should. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm really excited about the season. Um, but Carl is still an investor with Loverboy, so it's not like he, he's just not actively working with them. But I, I think Carl needs a job. Like, quite as kept, I think Carl needs a job, because I think, like, uh, how sustainable is a summer house of married people who can more than afford to live in their own summer house, you know, on their own financial merits at this point. Like, it just doesn't really make sense to the original, you know, scrappy 
30, 20 somethings making it in the city and then hoofing it over to the Hamptons to party. Like, it's just not the same thing, which is fine. Like, I honestly think that COVID season was one of the best ones of, of Summer House. Um, but I mean, listen, Carl and Lindsay are sober. <laughs> they seem very into their relationship. Uh, they don't really seem, they seem very much like a team and not really interested in other people. So I don't really know how interesting that's going to be for the audience. But again, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, okay. Our last bit of information is something that I'm kind of really excited about show. Um, I don't even think you could say it's rumored at this point because it seems like based on social media that these people are definitely actively filming. So there's a show called House of Villains. It's being filmed for the E! Network. It started being filmed in uh, uh, February 7th, allegedly. Um, Here is the rumored list of what's happening. So first of all, the hosts. Allegedly, Anna Delvey. (laughs) why is she still in this country? Like, I don't think she, I'm just a little confused about what's happening with her, with her immigration status. I was sure she was going to be shipped right off to Russia. Doesn't seem like it's going to be happening. She's getting a lot of things happening. She's got her own show going on. She's speaking for Harvard for whatever the fuck reason. Like, why do you need to be speaking for the Harvard uh, MBA? What for what girl? (laughs) For what? This is getting weird at this point. Like, I used to stand Anna, but at this point, I think we're giving her too many opportunities to, like, legitimize herself as an actual businesswoman. And no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm hopping right off that train. Um, but let's talk about the cast list, okay? It's, okay, House of Villains is supposed to be, like, a Big Brother-style show. Uh, all reality TV villains. Starting off with the first rumor, whew. Real Housewives of New Jersey, Danielle Staub. Imagine Danielle Staub. Now that I'm thinking about it, why was she? She's never been on Big Brother. She would be a perfect person for Big Brother. God, imagine how weird she'd be. When, and there was, God, to see Danielle Staub in a loud light feed, I would like to see her like actively trying to hit on somebody on the show. Oh my God. I need this. Okay, here's go- what else is going on with the cast. Rachel Riley from Big Brother. If you don't watch Big Brother, but you watch The Traitors, she is Rachel, the red-haired girl from The Traitors, who Kate Chastain said. <laughs> I think she said she looked like um, Rachel dresses like she does community theater. I believe that's what she said. <laughs> I think that's what she said. Um, Johnny P- Fairplay from Survivor. Shake. From Love is Blind and Fisa, my queen. Get me my red makeup bag from 90 Day Fiance. Uh, Corinne from The Bachelor. Johnny Bananas. Uh, Heidi Montag just had a baby. Gotta get the check, girl. You know, <laughs> those burritos aren't going to pay for themselves. Uh, Amorosa. Farah from Teen Mom. Tanisha. I didn't get no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not going to get some sleep because of me. Uh, from Bad Girls Club, Tiffany New York Pollard. They stay putting her on a on a dream list for a, a reality show, so we'll see. Bobby Lights from Love and Hip Hop, and none enough, none other than Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules. Jax, y- you know it happened after two years of you saying cameras are up. I'm about to be filming something. Things are in the works. It it actually worked. Ask, believe, receive. 
Maybe he took one of Kim Zolciak's uh, manifestation classes, but you did it. He got a check. He got a check. And he's been tweeting about it. Um, but interestingly enough, I am not blocked by Jax on Twitter, but I did find out through uh, my research of the show that he did block me on Instagram. Could not tell you why, honestly. Okay, I know this is going to sound like, you know, a bit of an exaggeration or me trying to get out of things. But truthfully, inter- I've been blocked by very few celebrities. I'm not really a troll. I don't get pleasure out of, like, intentionally poking the bear. I don't really come for people unless there's a legitimate reason. Really, I haven't come for somebody on social media since, like, Stasi, maybe. And that was, you know, several years ago at this point, And <laughs> work's done. But, um generally speaking, I don't troll people and I don't like intentionally try to piss people off or like say shitty things about them and then tag them. Like, I don't really do that. Don't care if you do. It's just not my vibe. Um, so I honestly don't know. I could not tell you the last time I talked about Jax on my Instagram. I don't think I ever have. So I'm not really sure why he blocked me. Brittany blocked me a long time ago. Um, and I probably maybe deserve that because I don't care for Brittany, but, um, I don't know why Jax did, but he did. So I'm I'm in the club, you guys. I finally made it. <laughs> I know there are, um, frankly, I was in the minority by not having been blocked by him at this point. So I, I've done it. We did it. We did it. Okay, you guys, let's move on um, to our recaps for this week. I'm going to get into Love is Blind, Vanderpump Rules, and then round it out with Real Houses of Miami. So yeah, thank you guys. Let's move on. Am I anticipating drama? 100%. I attract drama. I wake up in the morning and I manifest drama. It just comes to me. Okay, y'all know that I usually have uh, Rachel and Desi from Hollywood Crime Scene come on to talk to me about all things Love is Blind, but something in my heart and spirit told me, don't bother don't bother them with this one. And I was right because, I mean, out of those three parts, I, I'm i not even sure if I can get five things to talk about. So let's just get it out of the way, <laughs> frankly. Um, I would like, we'll start off real strong. I would like whoever is dyeing these women's hair blonde to go immediately to jail Listen, I, I'm not in the hair dyeing game. It's not really my world. It's not my ministry, but I know what looks good. And I know that, um, neither Nancy nor Zineb have a good blonde for them, especially Nancy. She's going way too blonde, too blonde. Like, why couldn't we just do like a chocolate brown highlight or like a deep honey blonde, like a rich amber or you know something like that but the the texas blonde doesn't work with you girl um and neither does uh what is his name <laughs> i was about to call him brainerd for whatever reason bartice <laughs> okay bartice is um he's a very lucky man because i felt like there was so much kerfuffle made about Cole and Zineb and their relationship that Bartice, I felt like really got under the radar when he really should have been the um, enemy of the people for the entire season. But I think unfortunately Zineb uh, ended up getting that edit. Uh, So when we really, the only storyline between Bartice and Nancy was we find out that they've been kind of working on being friends. Um, 
but Nancy's like on the fence about it. She talks to her mom and brother. They side eye the fuck out of her and are like, Nancy, girl, please stand up. We can't even believe that you would still talk to this dude. Um, you know, like, give it up, girl. That's it. So finally she has like her, you know, a girl boss moment where she tells Bartise, you know, I don't think we should be friends. It's not working and I don't like it. So also Bartise's hair managed to get worse. Which is a rare thing. I mean, really, all of them, now that I'm thinking about it, all of their hair managed to get worse after the money and the fame. And that's pretty concerning. Um, What else? Oh, I mean, really, I don't really give a shit about Cole and Zaneb. I really don't. I don't. I feel like people have a right to feel some type of way about Zaneb, but I don't. I think people are like really trying to make her the worst person of love is blind and i don't believe that's true because i feel like people forget the microaggressions and the weird things that cole was saying to her like yeah we're focusing on the cuties and she was wrong she she died on that hill and she should not have but like there were other things that cole said that i found very problematic like him telling her oh um you know, I usually date girls named like Ashley or Madison. I don't date girls named Zaneb, but like here I am. Basically, like what he was doing, and I don't think anybody really ever held him accountable for this was like low key racist and just being like, oh, you know, even though you're a little bit more brown. <laughs> than the very white girls that I usually date. I'm still here and I still love you. And it's like, nobody wants to hear that. So I can understand. Zineb had insecurities going into this situation. That was very clear. And I can also understand how like Cole maybe doing, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I it, Cole didn't make anything better, I think. So while I think they're both at fault, I am still like kind of uh protective of Zineb because I feel like people are really hammering onto her in a way that I don't think is necessarily fair um but again she does not help herself like you know she sits down with Cole and is like um you know basically he says during the the one of the parts that he was under the understanding that Zaneb would probably say no at the altar, but that they would continue dating after the fact. So he was really caught off guard, um, not by the no, but by the whole speech that she did after. So when they meet up, she's like, well, don't you remember all the good things that I said about you? And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, you said that for about three seconds (laughs) before you got into how horrible he was, (laughs) which again, like you weren't wrong, but I don't think... Like, that was a pretty epic scene, and I don't think it's fair of her to be like, well, what about all the nice things and kind things that I said about you? Obviously, what Love is Blind feels the need to do is hammer into us, like, oh, the couples who did make it, look at how great they are. This experiment does work. And they even make the people who didn't uh, find a match still be like, you know what, but I still believe. And I look at my friends and I look at Alexa and Brennan and I look at, well, not Colleen and, and that guy, but I look at Alexa and Brennan, I think there is still hope out there. And this experiment does work for people. 
Okay. I mean, Alexa and Brenna seem perfectly fine. They're boring to me. Um, I do think Alexa's probably fun. Like, we would have a really good time talking shit about people and over-serving ourselves with mimosas during brunch. But um, I don't know. Something about her doesn't quite carry over to television. Like, I feel like I would like Alexa a lot more if I met her in real life. Um, But again, like, we were so spoiled with um, Cameron and, oh my God, what is her name? I'm blanking. Lauren. Lauren and Cameron from season one that I just feel like nobody's really been able to hit the mark. And we really were never connected to Brennan and Alexa's story anyway, because we barely saw them because there was so much other drama going on and now we're supposed to be like oh my god our faves are back and I wasn't feeling that at all um what else oh okay let's talk about SK and Raven let's just get this out of the way bullshit I'm calling bullshit on the whole operation and I'm calling bullshit on Raven too I just (laughs) find it hard to believe I would. I need to look at the timeline for when it is that they recorded this because it seemed like pretty much right after the reunion, they broke up and the rumors started swirling. And so it they talk about things that happened during the reunion, I feel like, during the, after the altar. I don't know. But I don't know. Just something about that whole storyline just seemed like a, whole, a lot of bullshit to me. Um, basically, Raven and SK got an apartment in Texas, back in Dallas. He went back to California for school. And she, like, I mean, the foreshadowing is so funny because she's like, you know, I have never felt like, oh, my God, why is SK not calling me? You managed to do it all. You've got a full-time job. You're back in school. You're doing this and that. And, like, you know, I've never felt abandoned by you. I just can't imagine how you do it all. And I'm thinking like, look, thinking about those TikToks of um, him flying girls out for vacations. Oh, I got the flight for you. Um, you know, we're going to Tulum or whatever, <laughs> like wherever he was going. Like, yeah. How did you have time to do all of that? Seemed extremely, extremely busy. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they're happy there's this, I don't know if this is SK's brother or whatever, but he has a little sidekick. We don't really see SK interact with anybody else other than Raven, do we? Like, they did have a boys night or whatever, but other than that, I don't know. And they also tried to make this, like, boys club a thing, and we don't need to do that, okay? They tried to do it on Married at First Sight. I know these are the same producers. Like, we don't care about the boys unless they really, really got along. Like, don't force it. Don't force these, like, oh, the girls and the boys get together, and they're all best friends, too. We don't need it if it doesn't happen. And, in fact, if there's drama between um the other ones, that's even better, frankly. So yeah, SK is his little sidekick or his scene partner. And even the friend could barely even keep it together. Like he, they have the scene where he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to propose again. And the friend like has to keep himself from laughing. I think maybe it's his brother has to keep himself from laughing because he knows, he knows this bullshit. He knows this is bullshit. So they have the whole performative engagement. And then they say a few months later and then Raven is recording herself just beautifully crying. It's the most beautiful 
straight tears that you could ever see. And, um, you know, she's talking about how basically SK cheated on her and she can't believe it. You know, I, I thought this was real. It, it wasn't. And frankly, I don't believe any of them. So let's move on. Um, Brennan has a little bit of a beef with Cole because of Alexa's friendship with Zineb. And so basically Alexa doesn't fuck with him. So Brennan doesn't fuck with him. Um, he had some major issue with Cole. I don't know, like, I guess talking about people's, Zineb's weight, which he wasn't doing, so, I, whatever. This, it just seemed like a weird beef between those two, and honestly, I don't really care. Neither of them are dynamic enough uh, to continue. Um, so we gotta finish on Cole and Matt. Is there anybody else? Nancy, Cole, yeah, yeah. Let's end on Cole and Matt. Girl, I think Cole and Colleen should have been together, or Colleen and Matt. Colleen and Matt should have, sorry. <laughs> Colleen and Cole really should have been together all along and Matt needs to be in therapy. I felt like every time I looked at the screen, Matt's torso got longer, but his legs got shorter and that was weird. Um, but they are just not a match. Like Colleen is not like this dude. She does not like him. He pokes her and prods her. She finds it annoying. She finds seemingly a lot of things that he does extremely annoying. Um, the way she laughs when he laughs is just very like, uh, uh, like meeting a guy at the bar who will not leave you alone vibes. And like, he's not being super predatory, but he's just being so lame. And like, maybe you guys went on a couple dates and then you're realizing, oh, like you're bringing him around your friends and you're like, mm, I don't, you know, I don't like this anymore. And I feel like that's what's happening with Colleen, but she's really trying to fake it until she makes it and try to make it seem like she's so happy we're just so happy and it does make sense that we don't live together and it does make sense that we can't be bothered to break our lease and you know we haven't lived each other like their storyline is about them moving in they've been married for a year a year that to me sounds like y'all aren't really that motivated and yes I get breaking a lease can be expensive but I mean to what end it just seems like there's a lot of mm, going on with them and I would be very curious to see if they made it past uh the summer <laughs> we'll say that uh I mean let's move on please let's move on to something way better that is the premiere season 10 since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Good. And like, like, like we were best. I mean, look out. Sorry. I'm just, wow. You just call me out. Because you don't fine. need to check in with me. And like, honestly, this is I like, don't. But like, also at the same time, like not talking to you for like six months. <laughs> and now you have a new girlfriend and I wish you guys all the best. Love of my life. Like, love, love of your life. I think so. I mean, that's what you said about me. <laughs> Things change. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? No, that's not okay. James was my best friend, and he literally found my replacement within three weeks. Like, companies replacing their secretaries take longer than three weeks. Just raise your glasses high, this one's for you tonight. What's wrong with me? You guys, we had to talk about the premiere of uh, season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. Now, I think that I'm going to be doing full recaps moving forward, but some logistical things happen. So we're just going to, and by we, I mean me, I have decided to give you my 10 thoughts on the premiere. Oh, man. I feel at home. I feel safe when Vanderpump Rules is back on, even in the bad seasons. Even when it's bad, I still love it. But anyway, I forgot that the last season's reunion was basically a send-off to Raquel. Like, it seemed like for all intents and purposes, production, editor, Sheena, everybody else thought, okay, if Raquel's not in this engagement with James, then... Bye, girl. And you know what? That could not have been further from the truth. And I could not be more happy because of it. So let's start about like where we are, right? Drama. Full drama. Sort of. Sort of. Um, we see the flash forward or the flashbacks rather of uh, that fateful, infamous Wednesday wedding of Tom and Katie's. And then April of 2022. They're both sitting down in their individual confessional chairs, and Katie basically gets right to it. After 12 years of relationship and five years of marriage, she is donezo. She has decided to divorce Tom. She came to him as a woman and said, no more. No more of you pouring drinks on me. No more of you uh, defending everybody else except for me. No more of you, you know... uh, 
um, you know, uh, see, uh, see, how can, how can I say this? Um, finding your penis in other, other people's holes and, um, you know, just randomly getting lost at a resort in Mexico. Do you remember when that happened? Do you remember when that happened? Was that the same trip where they got to a fight because he got upgraded on the flight and then she didn't and he she got pissed off because <laughs> he wouldn't give it to her? And then they had that whole fight in the balcony that Sandoval and Ariana were hearing. And, um, oh, yeah, because it was part of the flashback where she was like, oh, you never listen to me. He's like, that's because I don't like your voice. Oh, oh. And then here's really like, what sums up their whole relationship, right? Because Tom says that Katie was like staunchly, we're getting a divorce, right? But he was so upset that he can't really remember the details of what she said. But he also doesn't want to ask her because part of the reason why she's leaving his ass in the first place is because he does not listen to her. Now, I'll be totally forthright and admit, not a Katie fan. Historically, never have been... I'm not sure if moving forward I will be, but I'm going to try. With that being said, um, Tom Schwartz basically secured his villain season officially when he says the following shit that pisses me off that men says. He says, um, long story short, I just couldn't make her happy. Fuck you, Schwartz. Like, seriously, middle finger up right now for saying that. I hate that. Like, bro, what did you do to make her happy? Everything you did made her miserable. You were living your life. Devil may care. And the fact that like, when you say shit, like I can make her happy, it suggests to people like you were trying and that she was just insatiable, this insatiable well of needs that can never be satisfied and never be filled. And fuck that. No, like we see that footage. We've seen you throw the drink on her. Like I swear to you guys, out of all the reality TV that I've consumed, that has like to be a emblazoned in my mind moment because it's just so humiliating. Like even I get the fucking chills thinking about the prospect of a man that I love and share a bed with dumping a drink on me. I can't imagine. So then Katie says in the confessional that she's not the only person going through heartbreak. You know, we cut to James and Raquel's breakup and then Lala and her breakup with Randall. And then she says, there's basically one rule. You don't hook up with somebody in the friend group. To which I say, Katie, Katie, if that was a rule in your friend group, you probably wouldn't have made it past the season two. And like as much as we can look at literally everything in Tom and Katie's relationship and be like, yeah, that seems like a good reason to break up. I wonder if even subconsciously part of it, because I've been thinking like, okay, how the fuck are they going to break up in that friend group? It's just going to be such a disaster. But now that like Jax isn't really in the mix, Stassi's not really there. Kristen's not really there. Maybe it just made things a lot easier for Katie to be like, okay, well I only will have to film with him sometimes because I'm, kind of friends with Ariana, definitely not friends with Sandoval. So maybe it's just like logistically time to pull the trigger, so to speak. All right, but let's get into the top 10, starting with number one, James. James is, you know, he's got a new girlfriend. He's got a 
gig at another hotel that we talk we see later and he says that he met Allie like five or six weeks after breaking off that engagement with Raquel they're already living together and James in a confessional is like just powdering himself with ELF foundation and be like you know I'm not like that kind of guy who'd be like oh you know just move in whatever kind of girl and you know you know unless I like really really want her ass in my bed like every night okay James cool (laughs) James you came on the show basically a hobosexual so I don't believe that but like you know keep your mic on babe um (laughs) then we see Raquel and Raquel says I have met Allie. I met her one time at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We saw each other briefly, and I just kind of ran away. I don't know anything about that girl, except she looks exactly like James's mama. (laughs) And that is weird. And you know what, Raquel? That is fucking weird, and you're right. And frankly, so did Kristen. Kristen looked like her, too. All right, moving on to number two. The Toms are also in a different situation because uh tom had been trying to get a hold of tom to uh get it together with regard to this restaurant and bar shorts and sandies that they have now poured in a million dollars and basically nothing has happened since the last time we saw them at their not quite finished party they're planning you're gonna believe this another not not quite finished party um so the surprising thing is that the tom that you think is uh fucked off is not the one uh it's actually sandoval who has uh kind of gone off to pursue his dream as a cover band lead singer i don't know but um i've actually heard loki it's like actually a really good show so you know next time he comes to new york i'm gonna go but um he's really into his band He's been traveling, he's been doing his own thing, and Schwartz has been in LA, kind of been like holding down the fort, being like, bro, we're running out of money, and we need to like really get our shit together. So they're like on good terms with each other. They're definitely not as bad as last season, but they're also not in this like fun, Schwartz and Sandy situation. It's basically all work, no play. Ariana also mentions that uh, Sandoval's gone all the time and like she wishes that they can get back to like their date nights and stuff. So more on that later, I guess. But we got to talk about number three, maybe the biggest part. Peter, 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 baby, Peter's still around. And it appears that there has been no growth. There's been no growth in his chest hair. There's been no growth in the chin strap that he's trying to do um, and make happen since 2012. Like, let's just leave it to Jason Waller, season three of The Hills. Like, like, let's just let it go, right? There's also no growth in his game because we find out that he was the first person to ask Raquel out after she was single. Like, the man waits, ma- wastes no time but the funniest part is (laughs) she's been ducking and dodging him ever since she's not interested doesn't care she's like he's not my type except for the fact that he's a man unlike james like he's a real man (laughs) other than that but oh my god he's so desperate and it's so hard to watch and it's so so funny nobody takes peter and raquel seriously most of all (laughs) James, because at one point, um, first of all, in the beginning of the episode, you know, Raquel's trying to work. And also, isn't this fraterniz- fraternization? Lisa, maybe we need to 
talk about what's going on with with Peter. But anyway, um, he's like, oh, you know, um, let's get those nachos, right? And Raquel's like, yeah, you're really stuck on these nachos that I talked about one time, Peter. And he's like, well, you just said you wanted them. So, you know, I just thought we should get them sometime. So, like, maybe we should do that. And she's like, okay, Peter, fine. We'll get the fucking nachos. <laughs> so then later, Peter goes to tell James, like, hey, man, I'm coming to you as a man. I just want to let you know, like, I did ask Raquel out. We're going out in a couple days. And even James, who, like, flies off the handle, very not in charge of his emotions, will he use any opportunity to humiliate somebody like that. Even he was like... <laughs> Okay, Peter. Like, he, even he was like, I know Raquel couldn't possibly be interested in this guy. So, like, why am I even... He, could, he couldn't even be bothered to be upset about that. He couldn't. Should we talk about some honorable mentions for other things that have not evolved? Uh, Katie's style. What the fuck? I've been saying for years that I feel like personally Katie dresses like that to piss me specific, me Cara Berry off because it just feels very personal. I've been saying, here's the thing that, like... I'm, I'm, every time, every time I have to go on my rant about Katie. Here's the thing about Katie. Katie has a beautiful body. She's a beautiful woman, but she also has a particular body. And she's not, like, curvy, per se. So because of that, like, she has to work with the fact that her body isn't naturally as curvy but she keeps doing these like box fits on her body and it makes her look so much bigger than she actually is. But on top of that, her style is just trash. So let's just get into the style and not talk about her body anymore. It's awful. At one point she goes out to lunch with Ariana and Lala and she's wearing two cardigans. <sighs> two cardigans. One in confessional look, she's wearing um, sequin top silver with a silver satin skirt. <sighs> Why? Why? And I was like, maybe it looks better if it if it's up. Not, there's no possible way. There's no way. And then the worst part really was at the uh, DJ Hotel Ziggy event that they go to later in the episode. She is wearing, started off cute, like pink baby doll kind of like negligee 90 dress. Would have been cute. And then she puts on this fucking fear and loathing, uh, you know, <laughs> wild acid trip button down shirt. Like, my God, what? Ugh. She stresses me out and I need enough. I can't take it anymore. So I got to move on to actually talk about Lala and Ariana. So they're good again, but Lala is actually in a real bad way with shorts because... Lala apparently gathered people around mafia style on Sheena's rooftop to say, hey, now that Rand and I have broken up, we're going into a custody battle. So like y'all are either with me or against me. I need you to not communicate with Randall um, moving forward. And then she finds out, uh, I guess several months later, that Schwartz has continued his relationship with Randall and their mutual love of pickleball. This is before the LA Times article dropped about Randall in June of 2022, basically stating that Randall was running like a mini casting couch, like just Harvey Weinstein 2.0, but like less money and less power. And then Lala says in a confessional, and I didn't want to laugh because she really was like very sincere, but she goes, you know, it just confirmed everything that 50 Cent said. 
And then a headline pops up on the screen that says, 50 Cent reacts to Randall Emmett allegations. Little Harvey is in big trouble. Oh man, and did you guys hear, like Lala kind of mentioned that um, article was just the tip of the iceberg of the things that she had heard about Randy, Randall, and that the worst parts weren't even in that article. Now, since uh, filming, there have been some other things just recently, like in the past couple of months come out about Rand and his, uh, I think he's got a restraining order, or maybe his first ex-wife, Amber, the one from you, the one that he uh, cheated with Lala. Um, she tried to file a restraining order, but I actually think that they rejected it. But anyway, she was making some claims that he was involved in like um, possessing images of child sex abuse and uh, it ain't good. I mean, obviously he's denied all of these allegations. I think he's even said that like Lala's made some lies that she, wasn't she part of this LA Times article? Or something that she was like intentionally lying on his name um, and suggesting things that were not true. I don't know. Fuck Randall. Moving on to number five. God bless. We get very, very little of LVP. Most of her purpose is served by, first of all, uh, can we, can we, can I get an amen for, um, for what's his name? Max? Is that his name? Max. Yeah. Her, her child, the adopted one. Thank God he's finally worked up his way to manager. Finally, after how many years of him being a busser at Sir? Like, let's let the record reflect that he gave, she gave Pandora a whole fucking liquor company with the LVP Rosé, bought her a house. And that whole time, Max was just a busser at Sir. So not only now is he managing. That's wild. That's wild. That's wild. But... She does serve the purpose. She sits down a little bit with Ariana and Lala and also talks to James. And we discover that James is uh, off the wagon. He is definitely drinking again. And he says in a confessional, you know, I didn't have a drop to drink for like two and a half years. And I started because I thought I was going to get married. And after all I did to better myself, it still wasn't enough. And then it was like the new year's 2022 and like, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, I'm James fucking Kennedy. Let me live. (laughs) My God, help us all. Moving on to number six. Schwartz does a scene with uh, Sandoval, Lala, not Lala, Ariana and Katie. And they're all talking about like how Lala's mad at him and the Times article. So Schwartz is like, you know, I didn't hang out with him. I I only hung out with him before that article came out. Um, So you guys can't Captain Hindsight me about this. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we're not trying to do that. But like, it's just fucked up. Even Sheena's there and Sheena gets a little joke in and says, why does Schwartz have to play pickleball with Randy? What do we come on, Randy? Randall of all people. It's not like he owns the only pickleball court in L.A. It's not like he owns pickleball. And even if he did own pickleball, they'd probably be suing him right now. (laughs) Also, why did we not see any Brock? Is it kind of like when Dorinda took uh, John off that couple seasons after he was wilding the fuck out? And Brock didn't have a great first season. And I'm wondering if maybe this is tactical. Maybe, Maybe they're like, you know... I don't know if being on television is for you. Like we got your little um, fitness app off the run, off and running. We'll get married at later in the season. But other than that, I don't think, I don't think we need it. No, thank you. 
which leads us to number seven. It is a bustling night at Sir. Charlie's working. Raquel's working. DJ James Kennedy, White Kanye is on the booth, spinning on the ones and twos. And Raquel and James have an extremely awkward showdown outside of a gender neutral bathroom. It's it's bad. It's bad. So Raquel is trying. Like, she's trying in that way where she's like, I know this is really fucking awkward. This is the first time that we've really had to hang out. Obviously, we're going to have to be around each other because of filming. And I... She wants to make peace with him in whatever way she can. So, by the way, James's pupils were, like, huge. Anyway, um, first Raquel says, you know, I know that you're drinking again. Because he was like, oh, hey, have you been drinking? Are you tipsy? She's like... Maybe. Are you tipsy? Like, I know you've been drinking again. And he does such an asshole thing of saying, oh, you know, um, I just had a little red wine and cheese with friends. Like, no big deal. But then he says, you know, I learned a lot in the two and a half years that I wasn't drinking. And if I stop drinking again, it's going to be because of me and not because somebody made an ultimatum, bro. (laughs) That's like not doing what you think it's doing. Like, I think he's trying to get back at Raquel and make it seem somehow that, like, she was a bitch for telling him not to drink. Bro, the whole world needed you to stop drinking. And I really hope and pray that he took that two and a half years and genuinely did learn things and genuinely was able to uh, form a healthy relationship with alcohol. But, like, we know he wasn't sober this whole time. He's been smoking hella weed. (laughs) He's been saying that. So I don't... mm, I wish the best for James. I really, I really do. James is one of those people where it's like, you, he always just shoots himself in the foot and yet I'm still rooting for him to just make a change. Just like pivot. Just give me 75 degrees. We don't have to do a full 180. I think a 75 degree pivot would be, would do wonders for James Kennedy. And I want that for him. But then he does this shit, like, it was so mean to Raquel for him to be like, well, I'm with the love of my life right now. And she's like, you told me that, right? You said that about me. And he's like, well, things change. And then basically he's like, you know, I I really don't want to have this conversation. Like, yeah, but like, she's the loser and he's so busy and happy in his new relationship, blah, 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 whatever. Didn't like that. Leading me to number eight. So Schwartz and Sandoval have a lunch where both of them are kind of doubling down on this. We don't really understand what the big deal is about Schwartz hanging out with uh, Sandoval or uh, Rand. But Sandoval says something that is um, possibly problematic, but uh, I feel not untrue. Okay. He says that he basically doesn't get why Lala is so upset about uh, Rand having a casting couch situation when, um, you know, that's how you met him. And also that was seemed to be a pretty big part of their, like, sexual role play. Because we see a, a flashback from 2019 where she's telling Stassi, I think, um... Oh yeah, Rand, Rand and I have a thing where I play Tiffany, the girl who will do anything for a role, and then she like blows him. Or ugh. <laughs> just the image of Rand's um, anatomy just like flashed in my mind, and I just ugh, I had to take a break. And like I'm just gonna go off for a second, but like, do you ever think about how like 
Do you guys ever think about how um, both Harvey Weinstein and who's the who's the one that killed himself? Epstein. Uh, both like it came out in court documents that they had like real weird dicks, like really odd, disfigured, ugly egg shapes I think was the, the description of one of them dicks like what's that about why are they so weird I don't need to know like I feel like sorry I feel like at one point somebody said that Harvey's Harvey Weinstein's dick was like <laughs> never mind <laughs> never mind let me move on that, that it had been like gone through a wood chipper like something was something mangled about it but anyway let me let me move on Okay, number nine. <laughs> James has this DJ gig at Hotel Ziggy. And I really want to know more about this place. Like, is this a place where people actually sleep? Or is this just like a party crash pad place in LA? Because the layout of it was giving like, oh, like kitschy, cute ho- motel. You know how those mo- like old school motels, they're just like... There's the pool, and then everybody's room is, like, facing the pool, essentially. But once you have, like, a Las Vegas-style DJ outside, how the fuck do you sleep? Like, people are literally the... You could probably do a running jump from your door of your hotel room right into that uh, pool. No, thank you. I'm too old for that. So, Raquel... Um, decides to show up and she's, you know, a strong woman Uh, and it takes a very strong woman to show up, uh, at an event with a Florence Henderson, Carol Brady style, like aggressive flip in your hair. I've never, I've not seen anything like that since truly watching an old episode of the Brady Bunch and shout out to you, girl. I don't know what that was, but shout out to you. Anyway, um, she goes over, Raquel goes over to talk to Allie takes her aside and Allie is the exact kind of next girlfriend that you fear. She is effortlessly, effortlessly beautiful. Thousand watt smile, younger, brighter, so happy in her new relationship and they're having so much fun and she's nice to you. And it's like, Really, this is probably how it should be, but in the back of your mind, and maybe even the front of your mind, you're like, fuck this bitch. Fuck her and her shiny hair and her really nice, perfect teeth. Fuck her. (laughs) And then she says shit like, oh, you know, um, if it weren't for you, I don't know what my relationship with James would be like. So really, I thank you for all the work that you did. And now I get to have them and reap all the benefits of that. So thank you so much. And then she says, and I really think she did not try to be mean, but it's just like, I would have pushed her into the pool. She goes, it's like we low-key traded lives, you know? (laughs) Like you're single now? (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. Raquel and Allie actually have like a pretty upbeat, good conversation. Raquel's basically trying to warn Allie, like, you know, I know this seems really fun right now, but, you know... Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Don't be afraid to speak out because sometimes I found myself in those situations. And I was like, yeah, girl, don't worry about it. I'm already doing it. I'm already started speaking out for myself and it's working great. Not like it did in your relationship. Stupid. (laughs) So their conversation gets interrupted by this guy who's actually staying at the hotel's douchebag. He's like, "Uh, hey, girl, can I buy you guys some drinks? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, well, why don't you guys get up? Because you're sitting at my, my cabana from my room. This is my room's couch. 
Okay. So she gets up and Raquel says in a confessional, you know, she's going to be a brand new bitch, basically. She is going to be moving on. It's very clear that James is in love and he's moved on. So she needs to do the same. And then the funniest thing happens, truly. She walks over to the bar and Peter, who's been like waiting to talk to her because they came together, uh... It's like, hey, you want a Moscow Mule or like whatever, like a pizzeria or whatever? And she's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get a Moscow Mule. And she's like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's a really good drink. And literally in the middle of the Senate, she's walking away from him. <laughs> so he has to stop and just, just stare <laughs> as she walks away. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> you can't keep doing this, my boy. You cannot keep doing this. And that leads us to number 10, showdown between Schwartz and Lala. Basically, he tells Lala that he feels like she's overreacting with this whole thing. And he just hung out with Randall seven months after they broke up. So, like, he's not getting it. So Lala basically says, listen, if this were just about him cheating on me, that would be one thing. I probably wouldn't tell you to do it. But, like, I'm in the fight for my life right now with my kid. And I really need to have people on my side or, like, not at all. So Tom goes, well, honestly, that meeting felt a little bit egocentric to me. It really did. And then he goes on to say that basically he had his own shit going on. He was getting a divorce. He had some other things. And I feel like he kind of alluded to them on Winter House um, saying that, or maybe this was last season. I can't remember. But I feel like he alluded to um, having to help his family through COVID and like not being able to really afford that. And um some other issues that it wasn't I don't know that he was like going through some things uh and basically it was like Lala I did wasn't really thinking about what was going on in your life because I had a lot of things going on in my life and so Lala actually apologizes to him and says yeah look I hear you and but I also think that you need to start standing for something so what had happened was they had an exchange before this, right? And uh, once Lala found out that Schwartz is hanging out with Randall, she texted him and was basically like, fuck you. Um, he responds like, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be malicious. And then she says, well, you don't even stand up for your wife. So I don't know why I expected you to stand up for me. <laughs> Get her, Jade. Um, but basically, I mean, I don't know, like... She tells him he has to stand in for something. And then it was like pretty incredible, not incredible, but like euphoria style um, editing where we're supposed to like get the perspective of like Tom looking up against this party, right? Tom, Sandoval and Ariana over there dancing. Here's Katie um, getting out there, talking to a new guy. Um, here's Raquel standing alone, seemingly looking back at him and drama. Full, full drama. I'm so excited for this season. I cannot wait. Let's just talk really briefly about um, that Watch What Happens Live after the premiere with Schwartz and Sandoval. What was going on? Something about that was very off. And I'm talking about Schwartz. Like, Schwartz kept covering his 
mouth with his hand. He kept looking at Sandoval to like answer questions. Sandoval was like, I don't, <laughs> I can't answer this question for you, bro. The audience was very quiet. Andy seemed a little bit confused. It just seemed like something was going on with shorts and like nobody wanted to talk about it. And it also seemed like Sandoval seemed a little bit embarrassed about the whole situation. So uh, y'all let me know if you guys picked up on that because I definitely did. But anyway, let's move on to Miami. Who would be the most ashamed of their porn search history? I think you. Adriana. Which one? I think you're a freak. So boring, mom and dad, basic. What do we don't know? Tell us everything. Maybe a DP here and there. Basic mom and dad stuff? DP? Like, girl, what's advanced in your book? The fact that Adriana just said DP is perfect proof that you're boring. Hey, okay, so we're going to talk about Miami, and I don't want to keep you guys here too long, so I'm just going to hit some beats here so you guys can go on on your day. I know you don't want to listen to me for five hours. You got two more episodes this week. Like, that's enough, okay? I don't want to be oversaturated. So, yeah, let's get into Miami. Good episode, but nothing like we need to get into, like, super small minutia in, right? Okay, so... We start off the episode with Julia and Adriana. Julia made mention last week about, oh, I think we should go to the Botanica to get some things to help us bring good luck for our Bahamas trip. So they go there and they're just getting these little, what I would say, bullshit coins. They're just little discs that say things like peace. Or happiness, like she got one that said happiness for Alexia, um, joy, friendship, you know, things like that, right? So Adriana, in a bit of a foreshadowing, says, I don't want people to think that we're doing black magic here. And Julia's like, oh, don't worry about it. There's nothing brujeria about it. Nothing witchcrafty about what I'm doing. So I've obviously cut to them uh, flash forwarding in the Bahamas where Alexia is claiming that Marisol feels like she's been um, <laughs> cursed by somebody in the group. Somebody's done witchcraft on her. Um, speaking of Alexia, she's getting packed for the trip. She's talking to Frankie and he makes mention of his father. The father's back in town. He's back in Miami. And, you know, he and the boys all really love each other, but they haven't had a whole lot of time to spend together because um, um, he was pursuing degrees in school. He went to school, as Alexia said. So it seemed like the first time he went for his bachelor's in um, uh, conspiracy. <laughs> and then... I don't know, maybe his lust for the educational system really took over. So it seems like he spent another five years getting another degree in, um, well, Alexi wasn't sure, but it seemed to be something in the field of uh, pharmacological sales. We'll say that. So he's back and um, gotta say, uh, hot. <laughs> he's kind of hot. He was kind of giving. Frankie was like, oh, let's go play basketball. And I'm like, I'll be there, girl. I'll be the cheerleader. Let's let's shoot some let's play some basketball, as Fergie said, right? <laughs> so then the ladies gather to the airport and they realize that we're down two people. Lisa, the perpetually late, is going to be catching a later flight, so no big deal there, but Marisol's not there because Alexia says that she tested positive for COVID. I love how these women react to everything with a <gasps> Marisol, not Marisol, um Adriana. Did you guys notice Adrian was like full 
shut it down, no germs on me, mask, glasses, um, she was wearing gloves. Did y'all notice she was putting, rubbing hand sanitizer on the gloves? She was serious. No wonder she was so upset. We do hear a little bit from Marisol in a confessional that's like, I don't understand. Like, it does not make sense that I have COVID. I'm like basically Howard Hughes. I never leave my house. Girl, girl. So then we get into the van. Gertie says something about how she's having to sleep differently because she got her vacation braids. As us black girls know, typically the easiest thing to do if you want to, if you're at the airport and you want to know if a black girl's going on vacation, braids and white nails. Especially if you can peep those toes and she's got a white pedicure. Girl, she's going somewhere. And Instagram is about to know all of it. So while Gertie's talking about, oh, you know, I have to sleep differently and Russell can't touch me because I got two little uh, pigtail braids. You know, I'm trying to sleep right so I don't mess them up. And the camera pans over like the office style over to Larsa and Larsa's cultural appropriation vacation braids that she's got herself. And then we get to Larsa in a confessional and it's like, this is probably the fastest I've ever heard her spoke speak. She's practically choking on the words to get them out quickly enough to explain that uh, my grandparents are Moroccan. Okay. And my mom had braids when we would go on vacation. And I always got braids since I was 18. Every time we would go on vacation, I would get braids. I had braids with Scotty. I had braids without Scotty. Um, you know, on the boat, not on the boat, 18, 22, 35, 40 braids every time vacation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Larsa, your grandparents are Moroccan. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of people, well, not a lot, but I think people tend to get confused about the braid conversation. Um, braids are often used as a protective style for our hair, which tends to be a little bit more difficult to manage. Um, and so it's not like white women can't wear braids. It's just these box braids don't make sense with your hair type, Larsa. And in fact, it probably, uh, isn't doing any favors. So you know what? I'm just going to leave it alone. In a in a uh, in the confessional, a producer asked Gertie uh, about her braids, and you know, would you? How do you compare your braids to Larsa? And she's like, uh, "There's those are two, two completely different worlds, but Larsa's definitely ballsy." So the ladies are staying at the Bahamar, and I would like every cast member on Salt Lake City to make note next season now that your guys are going to be able to travel internationally again we got to step it up like several notches no more Airbnbs that are like perfect replicas from 1997 um enough enough we're gonna get you guys on a long flight somewhere else anywhere else frankly not in the continental United States everybody's room is incredible. It's like they bought out all the suites in this resort and oh, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. <laughs> Alexia calls FaceTimes Marisol to give her a tour of the room because they were going to share a room, right? And she's like, oh, Marisol, look at the, the, the lighting fixture. She's like, oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> the pool table. Are you kidding me? I love pool. <laughs> Even Alexia goes over to the bar to show the uh, magnum-sized bottle of Grey Goose that they got for, for Marisol. And I really laughed. Marisol says in a confessional that her favorite thing to do is travel with Alexia. We wake up together, we order screwdrivers, we eat bacon and giggle, and I'm missing all of that. 
Lisa ends up showing up and she's like really feeling some type of way. The kids are being cared for by Marina, her stepmom. So she's like, you know, I think I'll be a better mom when I have a few days away from my kids and I can refocus. Right. So she's at the bar and, you know, they're talking about Lenny and they're like, you know what? We're not doing this. We got to make a rule. That anytime somebody says Lenny's name, we take a drink. Lisa breaks that rule about 37 times in about the first 14 seconds that the rule has been established. And Lisa says in a confessional, this is a setup. Because I'm going to be sloshed on the floor in like two hours. I love that she's like not even letting it be an option that she not talk about Lenny. (laughs) She's like, yeah, this is an inevitability. As Vanessa Hudgens would say. And I'm just going to lean into it. And then something happens that I was even shocked about. The ladies did something that an activity that I was like, oh, I actually don't mind watching this. And literally it was just them getting drunk and going to a water park. But like, I loved that immediately way more than any fucking cryotherapy. Uh, let's get in an ice tank. Uh, let's go get matching Botox. Let's go do fucking team building exercises. Like, fuck that. I don't want to do it. Okay. I don't care. But let's get drunk and go to a water park. Like, I, that's fun for me. I would do that. Um, only half of the ladies go. So it's like Kiki, Gertie, uh, Alexia, Nicole. They all go to the water slides. These, like, gigantic whipping around slides, right? But then the other ladies are like, let's just say, Lars is complaining about her back. <laughs> and then somebody calls them the Golden Girls. But in a confessional, this is what I'm talking about when I say that Larsa doesn't seem like a real person. She says, does being a golden girl mean that you have a golden tan? First of all, Larsa, <laughs> I love that in Larsa's mind, it's not possible that somebody could have like even shaded her a little bit. Like, oh, I'm going to put a positive spin on it. It's because my skin is so glowy. Is that, is that why you're calling me a golden girl? No, Larsa. Also, how the fuck do you not know who the Golden Girls is? The producer's like, are you serious? Do you not know who they are? She lives in Miami. How do you not know? <laughs> how is this possible? Like, I know that sometimes I have to step out of myself and be like, oh, I know way too much about pop culture and reality TV. Some people have huge blind spots too. Like, you guys, quite as kept. I would say... Uh, 85% of my real life friends are not online, don't care about pop culture, don't really care about reality TV. They will mail me, God bless them, text me and, and DM me the driest, oldest information. And I have to pretend like I didn't talk about that shit so many times ago. Um, with that being said, all of them know who the fuck the Golden Girls are. And, and, and we're all younger than Larsa. So I don't understand how she wouldn't know that. Too busy getting her braids done, I guess. (sighs) She gives me cluster headaches. Anyway, Alexia starts talking about how like going down the slide, she used to be really adventurous, not so much anymore, but she's trying to lean into it. And I was enjoying this Alexia a lot more. Um, How do I say this? I think Alexia and Marisol, I like them better as a unit, uh, but terrible individually. Um, but somehow seeing Alexia away from Marisol, like with no option of being around her to like have her back her up. So whatever weird bullshit that Alexia says about sparkling and and whoever, um, I found myself enjoying her a lot, a lot more. It seemed like honestly, 
everybody was having a much better time without Marisol there. It seemed even with the drama, it never really got that deep. And I think maybe we all need to think about that. So while the girls are up in the slide, the Golden Girls are talking about breakups. You know, Lisa's bringing up the L word again. And she's like noticing the husbands at the water park being so doting on their children. And, you know, just basically how upset she is. Julia really like tries to relate to her and is like, girl, I know how you feel. It's like somebody stuck a knife in your, like a knife to the kidneys, a knife to your intestines. And it's like, it keeps, keeps moving. And like, you just keep wondering, like, how could he do this to me? And so Adriana says, it's a lot easier for men to get over a relationship once they're done, right? And Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's different for women because we hold on to every memory, every promise that you made, all of that, but they don't care. Like once they're done, they're done. Then Adriana says in a confessional that when a man no longer desires you because they want a new body or a new toy, you feel like you're less than. It's happened to her a couple times and it's really hard to get over it because you question yourself for a long time. And then Adriana says something really nice. Like, I hope that Lisa can learn from me and know that time heals all wounds. And eventually there's going to be another guy to tell you how beautiful you are. Um, if they're not run out by the rest of the group claiming that he's still married. So later they go to dinner. Shout out to Adriana. This lavender two-piece with like the pencil skirt and the top and those super exaggerated bows. I think that was maybe her best look of all time. Like she looks so chic, so pretty. I loved it. And I love how like, not to compare them to Beverly Hills again, but look at it like googling the ages of these women and maybe i grew up in a in a time where it was like women dressed their age like it there's something there's like an age appropriateness to people's clothing but i'm like looking at a 55 year old alexia who looks great dressing like uh, you know, somebody from the cast of Euphoria. <laughs> like, I don't know. Somehow they're able to, the the fashion works in a way where like, if I saw maybe Kyle, like Alexia was wearing a, uh, look like a Burberry, uh, like running shorts with like a, you know, cute little sporty top. And I'm thinking like, if Kyle wore that, I would be like, bitch, <laughs> you look so old, but somehow on Alexia, it just works. The fits go off. 
Before the dinner, Nicole tells everybody, um, I'm going to be in charge of the games this time since Marisol's not here to, uh, you know, play, serve us a bunch of bullshit and play games like Who Do You Trust the Least? I, I got an actual literal card game that is going to be fun and not just us shooting each other in the fucking face <laughs> for no reason, for shits and giggles, right? So another note to the Housewives of Salt Lake City is... Can you notice how these women got a whole seafood tower and a tomahawk steak for the table? No more charcuterie boards. I don't even want to eat a charcuterie board anymore because of how much I was exposed to them on Salt Lake City. Like, step it up. I need you guys to all step it up. So before the food comes out, Julia says, oh, you guys, I went to the Botanica. We got something for everybody. So Alexi hears this and immediately was like, Interesting, because Marisol thinks the reason why she's not here is because somebody did witchcraft on her. And everybody at the table just looks at Alexia like, what? What are you talking about? Except for Larsa, who's just drinking. Larsa's just there. (laughs) Just there for the party. So then Marisol says in a confessional, you know, I've been feeling really weird over the last few months. I haven't been feeling my mother's presence I've been gaining weight there's a bunch of other weird things that are happening that shouldn't be happening and it's like Marisol baby do you think that maybe some of this might be due to the fact that you've been on a liquid diet and that liquid is straight grain alcohol do you think that might be why (laughs) you think that might be why So Julia starts handing out the gifts and Alexia gets hers little coin and it says happiness. In a confessional, she says, I'm trying to be cool, but I'm like, why are you going to the Botanica? Like, because the Botanica is a Cuban spiritual place that, you know, you go if you have a certain concern in your own life, not for somebody else. So Alexia says in a confessional that she's a little bit creeped out by Julia, but she, because she doesn't know if Julia went in there with bad intentions or good ones. And I have to say, like, as a slightly witchy woman I do understand (laughs) this might seem silly to people I do understand how like you don't want people to give you stuff with anything like intentionality because even if they're meaning well it might the universe might not interpret it as such so really like when you're setting intentions you really just have to do that for yourself it's an individual practice not something for somebody to put on you unless this person is like a you know you know like a good witch or something like that but anyway I also feel like on the other hand it's just a coin that says happiness I don't really know like how much bad intention you could put into something like that also this isn't real Like, I I believe in some of this stuff, but this little bullshit coin is the same thing that you could probably get in an airport. So, sorry. So Nicole pulls out the cards for her game, and Lisa goes first, right? The first question is, who do you think in the group would be most ashamed of their porn history? Lisa's guess was Adriana. She's like, girl, I think you're a freak. Adriana's like, no, I'm like kind of boring. I just like, like mom and dad, basic stuff, maybe a little DP here and there. Nicole's like, uh, babe, that's not basic mom and dad stuff, but okay. <laughs> of course, Julia's like, what is DP? You guys, DP? DP, what is that? What is DP? And nobody's answering her. She asked him about 15 times. <laughs> DP? What is that? What is DP? 
Then they make Adriana do an impression of uh, the person sitting left from her, which happens to be Julia. So she gets up and does this, reenacts a scene from last season where Julia gets up from the table and is like, I have had a connection with everybody but you, Larsa. Everybody but you. And then in a confessional, (laughs) Adriana says that her inspiration for the Julia impression is really starts with Julia Child. And then she just keeps... doing like chicken jokes like oh here's the chicken now we cut up the chicken oh let's fillet the chicken i don't know what the fuck she was saying oh it's wild i'm losing my voice what's going on here the next question is about like sex related injuries nicole said that she uh, uh threw her neck out giving head to anthony god bless and um yeah that's basically it everybody's having a really good time um they talk about adriana and her sex life and whether or not she's banging terry yet and she's like no actually i haven't seen him since your engagement party nicole three weeks ago and you can hear alexia under her under her breath of bueno wasn't meant to be <laughs> So the next day, some of the ladies go to do flamingo yoga while the golden girls go to get massages. Uh, Lars is trying to work out whatever happened to her back. So Julia says uh, with the yoga ladies, do you guys feel like maybe Alexia was like accusing me or just dropping hints that maybe I was doing witchcraft? And Adriana says in a confessional, we meant well, but it just seems like with Alexia, I can't do anything right even if it's well-intentioned. So Nicole mentions this to Alexia because she had coffee at um, Julia and Adriana's room earlier that morning. And Alexia's like, yeah, I knew they would think that. I thought that. So Alexia then says, listen, I fully believe that people, like I said, can put bad intentions on people even when they don't mean to. And then she accuses Adriana of being jealous. Like, oh, Adriana, you know, says that she really loves Todd and she's so happy for me that I found it but like maybe she actually really wants it and it's like girl where are we getting this from I mean at her core I do think Adriana is a hater I don't know if it's like well now that I'm thinking about it she did make that weird comment about uh Alexia getting a watch for her birthday from Todd when she was like oh you know I didn't have to blow anybody to get my own watch and it's like okay that was some real hater shit so actually, maybe Alexia is onto something. So Lisa tells the rest of the Golden Girls that <clears throat> uh, her son is really having a tough time, and he freaked out. And now this kid is like seven or eight, mind you. He was with the nanny and said something about like, "Oh, I don't want to get married," and they really had to talk him down. The nanny had to play a Bob Marley song, and you know he, he, they got him off to camp, but it was an issue. To me, this feels like the kid knows way too much. And Lisa keeps, like, presenting this as, like, poor Logan, poor Logan. But it's like, baby, maybe you need to keep it cute here and not say shit. Because why would Logan... I don't know. Like, I don't know what seven-year-olds know. (laughs) Or eight-year-olds. But it just feels like... Well, I do. Because I was eight when my parents got divorced. And I just don't recall having all of this feeling about marriage or contention, even though there was contention. I just, this 
his actions feel very like he's being exposed to too much. He's hearing too much. People are talking around him when they shouldn't be. And he's taking too much on and he's stressing the fuck out. And, you know, I don't want to call somebody a bad parent, but I do think that this could be um, different, you know, <laughs> if we weren't. It just feels like he's hearing things that he shouldn't be. And that's my truth. Then we switch topics back to Adriana and how Alexia and Marisol have been claiming that Adriana's been really mysterious. She doesn't tell much about her life. But Adriana says, I don't understand. We were in such a good place when I got married. After I got the divorce, it's not like Alexia reached out to me to ask me how I was doing and check in on me. The only person, Lisa, who did that was actually you. So... Adriana then says that it's not like my life is a mystery. It's that you guys aren't interested anymore. And so you're not asking. And so that's why you guys don't know. It's not, I'm not hiding anything. Y'all just don't care. And so then Larsa says in a confessional that she's only ever experienced, uh, you know, the good Alexia who's there for everybody. And she feels like Adriana's known to exaggerate everything. And she really loves to play the victim at every opportunity that she can get. Okay, Larsa. The episode ends with all the ladies having poolside drinks and getting along for the most part. Like, people start talking about kids. Julia uses this as an opportunity to tell Gertie that she's going to be, uh, you know, starting with the adoption process, right? And she says, I I just looked at her and it felt like a good moment to say that. And, you know, I started with people I trusted, aka Nicole, and I'm just going to move on to tell people eventually when it feels right. The back of the table, Alexia turns to Adriana and was like, listen, I care about you. You care about me. I would really love to talk because I know you're feeling some type of way right now. Adriana starts stonewalling Alexia, not because she's pissed off at Alexia, because she's like, who's the bitch that told her? And so in a confessional, she's like, I know it was Larsa. And it was because <laughs> we see 48 minutes before they um, sat down for lunch. Larsa's in Alexia's room telling her, oh, you know, Alexia feels like you weren't there for her and like you didn't check on her and, you know, whatever. When, you know, when she was going through her divorce. So Alexia tells Adriana, it's really not like that. Like, I just don't want Adriana to feel like you don't care or I don't care about you. But you know, I just feel like maybe we haven't kept as touch as much in the past couple of years, but that might be partially due to Julia. So basically from this point, Alexia starts blaming Julia and her relationship with Adriana and how close they are to the distance that's now going on between Adriana, Alexia, and Marisol. But as from Adriana's point, Adriana's saying, I feel like, yeah, I do have a friendship with Julia, but you... Alexia and Marisol looked at that and were like, oh, we'll just go off and do our our partner two-team thing. And then Adriana says that maybe Julia feels like, oh, we're super close because she's not aware of the history that we three have and all of that. So Adriana says, I think of you as a sister and I know we can fight and stuff. But the thing that really got me is that you called me a liar about Terry, uh, you know, having a wife, right? Adriana says the, the she feels like the reason why she got close to Julia was because, you know, she feels like Alexia and Marisol kind of ousted her. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was basically it. They're like trying to get together or come to a mea culpa with each other. And 
Adriana saying, you know, I actually kind of don't think that you and Marisol make the best team all the time because I think you guys can kind of egg each other on. And, uh, you know, it, it's a problem. And then suddenly a tiny little blonde woman in a pink gingham skirt set and a bullhorn starts screaming, monkey's here. You guys thought you weren't going to see me on this trip. Ha ha ha. Monkey's here. <laughs> Oh, here's Marisol. Here comes Marisol. Oh my God. Should we talk really quickly about <laughs> this exchange between Nicole and Larsa? So Nicole did an interview with Today and she says about uh, Larsa, her entire season has been shaming others, spreading rumors, starting conflict because she doesn't even want to share her because she doesn't want to share her real life. At what point is it okay to have a real life? But then you show us a fake life and you create fake drama. And then she says that, uh, and this Gertie said the same thing, that they're the older cast members like Larsa, Adriana, Alexia, Marisol have this like blind alliance as in I'm going to have your back no matter what. They can say the sky is purple and they'll die on their deathbed saying the sky is purple together because they're scared or there's potential accusations that can fly. Meaning these bitches have... Uh, shit on each other and they're just keeping it cute so that uh the chopper doesn't get sprayed in their direction so larsa responds says everything i've ever said is true she dated a doctor named raul so she needs to stop talking about me before i really blast her she has nothing going on for her but talking about me have a blessed saturday <laughs> larsa you play too much girl larsa is the funniest person on the play she's the greatest comedian in in our uh current time like larsa bitch what would you be talking about if it weren't for scotty if you were taking if lisa had not gotten a divorce and you use every opportunity to talk about how uh, your divorce from scotty was the worst most famous divorce that ever happened in all of hollywood land and that you were so affected and every day the paparazzi were just hounding you over your divorce with scotty what the fuck would you be talking about larsa girl quickly Quickly, what would you be talking about? Your dog collar business? Okay, we got rid of that in episode one. So what What else? What have you been giving, Larsa? Everything has been about, exactly as Nicole said, you either talking shit about other people or talking about Scotty and your divorce. What are you giving? Have a blessed Monday. With that, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. So excited about Summer House. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, if you guys can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Tell a friend about the podcast. Post it on Instagram. Tell tell the people that you have to work with and you don't talk to. Like, you get them to be like, hey, um, person I don't want to talk to, why don't you listen to this podcast? You can leave me the fuck alone. How about that? Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll be back later. Bye.